Hello and welcome to the Fire Up Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Trapin. I'm so thrilled to share a new mini-series here on the podcast called Spill the Tea. Join Molly McKinley and me for conversations about being intentional and confident in uncertain times and beyond. Molly is the CEO of Intentionalities and host of the Afternoon Tea Podcast. So in honor of our shared love of tea, pull out your sassiest teacup, brew your favorite tea blend, snuggle into your coziest spot, and listen in on this hour of togetherness. Get ready to hear us sharing ideas too, best practices around, and of course, highlighting our favorite people, brands, and initiatives, positively serving humanity, and sprinkling joy over their slice of the galaxy. Without further ado, let's spill the tea. Hello world, we are live. It's been a hot minute since we were here. We've had life and stuff and all sorts of things, <laughs> including last week, which was wine, the Woman Up Courageous Reinvention event. And we had a wine tasting with the Mandavi sisters. Boy, wasn't that fun, Molly? That really was fun. And I had my bestie from like 18, since I was 18 years old, Chase. Um, so we were getting silly after a couple of bottles of wine. Yes. Well, it was so fun to see you two in like that. That's, you know, doing it through Zoom. Yeah. Even, even though we weren't together, I still felt, I don't know if it's if simply because this community is, is filled with my beloveds, but I really felt like I got a little bit of that juice that you get when you're with people. It was different. Yeah. Like it was different than other Zooms. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what that means. I just felt it. Like I really felt like I saw people last week. Uh, it was fun. And we had all four Mandavi sisters there, which was like such a surprise. Yeah. And they were funny. I just, <laughs> it was funny. And the wine was delicious. The whole thing. I just, I love their story. I like who they are. Um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely fun. I am. Um, they are a hoot. So that's where we were last week. Uh, and, um, you know, we we decided yesterday, actually last night, because it was the new moon, which we, of course, we want to talk about that. And I pulled Lilith last night that we thought, you know what, let's do a twofer. Let's talk about, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about Hecate and Lilith tonight. And, you know, mm -hmm. for those of you who have read any of the book or listened to it or been on this journey with us, you know, Hecate and Lilith have red threads that connect them in their energies mm -hmm. and in their stories. And so we're going to be talking about both of these amazing archetypes, goddesses this evening. Um, however, before we start, I'm ready to breathe. I'm ready to breathe with you, Molly. Are you ready to breathe us okay. in? All right. We're going to do our breath for our feminine energy, our intuition, right? Okay. So we're going to... Um, take our Vishnu. Um, oh my gosh. I'm like trying to like figure out my, I had like a brain there for a second. I was like, what's my Vishnu meter? Okay. So peace fingers press down. And then we're going to take our thumb, press it on the right nostril. So we're going to inhale through the left, our feminine channel. Close and hold. Exhale, release both fully. Through the nose? 
Yep, through the nose. Uh huh. Okay. So thumb on the right, inhale left. Hold and close. Exhale, release both. Exhale through the nose. Close the right, inhale left. Hold and close. Release both, exhale both nostrils. So you can do that one three minutes, nine minutes, you know, but the idea is that we're really inhaling through the left and then exhaling through both. And you know how much I love that. I love the like centering myself when I'm breathing. All the well, sometimes I like to use like my, my two peace fingers here on my forehead just to kind of touch that third eye. Yes. Nice yes. way to do. That's a great way to do it. Yes. Um, I have, sometimes I, tonight was one of them. I don't know if it's my allergies reacting or what, but sometimes I find it hard to breathe out my nose. Like, I feel like I'm like, like a bull, like it's coming out of the sides of my mouth too. Like, <laughs> I love it. I don't know. All the well, things that happen in my brain, right? Like I'm actually going, am I actually, is the air actually coming out of my nose right now? <laughs> well, when you have like a regular pranayama practice, right? Um, like for me, alternate nostril breathing was when you're, you know, breathing in and then, you know, just alternating. Yes. Like um, you'll start to notice things like, oh, I'm really congested in my left or I'm really congested in my right and start to notice some of those subtleties. So like, even though if you're like, I'm just congested, you're like, actually, no, I'm congested on my left side. Yes. Or I'm blocked on my left or I'm blocked on my right. So it's just something to kind of just witness, right? Yes, I love that. Um, and I did have, I had this, I, I was going to text you, but I thought, no, I'll wait till the show. Because I was doing meditation yesterday before I wrote my intentions. I sat on my deck. It was a beautiful night. I mean, it was so beautiful. But while I was, sometimes I get a little embarrassed admitting these things to you. <laughs> <laughs> so for some reason, never, like, no. <laughs> no, it just, because it uh, sometimes it just feels silly. And I know it's not wrong. But sometimes it just feels like, you know, like meditation, serious. Anyways, so I just was shaking my head and I don't know what I was doing or what, what words were happening, but it triggered my third eye. Like it was purple as purple as purple gets. Whenever mm. I get into the middle, I mean, like I tried doing it this morning, but it, it didn't happen. So like, I'm going to try it tonight when it's dark again to see if I can't like reactivate mm. that. But it was so amazing. And I was like, oh, this is what Molly ta is talking about. Like the more you meditate and the more you help train your brain to just like let, let it be at peace, like the coolest mm -hmm. things start happening. So that was my like, all right, this was the, the gift for taking the time to meditate. And boy, was it a light show in my, in my third eye. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you would. And Ajna like, Chakra is activated. Yes, know, it really was. And it was like, it was like this color purple. Mm -hmm. It was yeah, wild. The color of that chakra. Whoa, it was great. Anyways. Um, I don't have my chakra flag here, but yeah, that's the color there. So that's good. Yeah, it was really quite beautiful. Uh, okay, so are you, what are you, what are you sipping? You've got a really uh, awesome mug tonight. So like when you read that to yourself, what voice are you using? Like, what does it sound like? 
my badass voice. Actually, I can. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love that so much. Like, mm, actually, I can. Yeah. Yeah. This is actually my gratitude tea. Um, it's a non-caffeinated blend and it's elderberry and Tulsa, uh, excuse me, Tulsi and uh, ginkgo leaves and hawthorn berries and current all kinds of good stuff. Hawthorn berries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. it's very, um, it's the, um, Tulsi is the healing, you know, I put Tulsi in a lot of things and, um, but yeah, no, it's actually one of my favorite. There's actually also, um, elderberries, orange peel, apple. Elderberries. Smell of elderberries. Yeah, but it's, yeah, but, and I also have my little gratitude candle tonight, my my green gra gratitude candle. Yay. Mm. But yeah, I'm trying to, um, right now in my effort is, um, being grateful for all. Right. So trying to vibrate at the, uh, at the frequency the, of gratitude. Well, that's it. Yeah. Well, you know, every new moon, I feel like I learned a little bit, a little something, something. And, you know, in particular, this new moon in Virgo, it really is about, you know, embracing gratitude and speaking your desires, right? I mean, the yes. new moon is always about setting intentions, right? The full moon is about releasing, like letting it go. <laughs> so, so already that's part of it. Uh, and so I think that that's, it, it's the perfect time to have that right? Have that mantra. Yeah. That I, I, I vibrate at the frequency of gratitude because this is, yeah. this is the, not only is it always a good idea to come from gratitude yeah. right now, right? It was the, our creator has created this solar system that has this push and pull and exchange of energy, uh, you know, flying above us. It's just incredible. It's all around us. And so to take advantage of it in that way is incredible. And that's what we're here for, right? Is to experience. That's the fully divine part of our inheritance. Well, and not just being grateful for the easy stuff or the good stuff, right? It's all of it. Because as we talk later with Hecate and Lilith, the, um, the shadow work, right? Being grateful for seeing the unseen um, is, is as important. I actually, um, one of our beloveds, Beth, she sent me these little journals, um, which are delightful. And they're... Um, some of the exercises I've been doing are from a book called The Calling. And um, like a new moon ritual is, you know, writing down, you know, what is the life I wish to lead, you know, or I wish to live and yeah. really getting very specific, you know, how do I love and not just love someone else, but like, how do you love self and how do you show up with your gifts and your talents, right? Like, how yes. do you, how do you have your gifts and your talents being offering, you mm. know, and you know, what is, and how do you lead, you know, like, what does that look like? Um, yeah. you know, and getting specific, like how, you know, what are you doing? You know, how do you feel? Who are you, who are you with, you know? And so taking the time to do some of these little journal prompts, you know, in a new moon is a really powerful way to, or a different way to set an intention. Right. I saw yeah. what you were doing online, which was super amazing and fun. Oh gosh. Yeah. So I, um, I decided to do, to take my intention setting just to an 11 this time around. Yeah. And I did a, a, a burning, like a burning of the intentions, but I actually created this beautiful uh, water bowl 
and I had these um, these pink roses that were sent to me. And so I took the petals and put the petals in there. You know, of course, anything around the divine feminine is, mm -hmm. you know, soaked into the rose. But also this particular type of rose, I, I posted pictures. I think you actually were like, oh my gosh, on one of them. It looks like you can almost see a face kind of in the center because it's it's like a. That's not a, what I saw, but uh. it's. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, uh, the but the it's like a trinity in the middle, right? It comes yeah, to, instead it of so it. Crazy, right? Yeah, it's so beautiful, and so that trinity, that particular style of rose, is actually carries uh, the symbols of divine feminine and divine masculine energies, and so it really mm -hmm. is like the perfect, the perfect petal, right, to kind of be yeah. in that water, and then of course lavender which is in everything that's gratitude and, and and beauty all in one and of course when you're burning things and you toss them onto lavender it smells delicious yeah, I love that. <laughs> you know it's like natural incense and then i put a one of the flowers from my nasturtium it's, it's, this guy right here you can see he's like yeah. spiny and it's all about like healing and so like nasturtium is very medicinal you can also eat it uh, but it's really, it, the, the medicinal uses are uh, amazing. And so it's this kind of, as you're setting your intentions and as you're burning them, there is this like this healing protection over you as you're doing that. Because when you're writing things down, like I'm sure you experience journaling, you know, if, if you don't actually believe that you're worthy of the things that you're writing down, it can get into, it can get into the shame space, right? Like I'm not worthy of these things oh. I'm writing down. Why am I doing this? And totally. Um, you know, got to be careful about that. Got to protect ourselves in that. And I, I think that every, every new moon has its own, you know, powerful message, its own, you know, like it's a, just a great time to reconnect with our creator. You know, God is, is in us. Right. And I think that for so, so many of us that kind of grew up in religion, like we were taught that God is outside of us. Like something we need to reach for. And like, we get heaven when we go some, like when we die, then we reach this, you know, this state of nirvana, but um, pretty darn certain that when Jesus was here, he was saying, that's not true. <laughs> like Embodied he, souls, right? Yes, for sure. And, and just, you know, teaching that he was teaching us the way I read this, I follow some really amazing people on Instagram. And this one, one gal was writing about the, like, all of the things that are, are that feel so oppressive in our society now or, or can really be connected to what was happening when Jesus was walking the planet, right? In, in Israel and in the Jewish culture, it was very patriarchal and he was here to like smash the patriarchy, right? Like he was here to do that work. And it's so interesting that we're like, we're still stuck in the same loop 2000 years later. Mm. But this work that we're doing in this book this like divine is, is as divine as divine is. Mm. Look at you. Your tea is the same color as your hair. So I know I poured another cup. Once I'm done with this, I'll make sure to let, let everybody see this beauty. Isn't she just so pretty? Her handle is so great. And it's like, it feels so comfortable. Know, just, she's got like a little delicate slipper. It kind of reminds me of Beauty and the Beast, you know? Oh, totally. I was where, like, yeah, Mrs. Potts and Chip. Like we're, we're, it's going to come alive in the night. Um, I love it. Tinkle, tink, 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 around. Anyways, okay. <laughs> Shall we get to talking about our, our, our goddesses? 
Yeah, so Hecate, um, some pronounce it Hecate. Um, I say Hecate. I don't think there's a wrong way. Um, I've heard it say both. Um, you know, for for me, like Hecate really is more than anything, um, the goddess of the crossroads. Uh-huh. Right. So so she her energy is about um you know when you're at that place in your life to go this way or that way you know she is the one to call um or that that channel that energy of um you know direction which way to go right so the doorway you know these liminal spaces in and out right left or right night and day you know those spaces in between yeah um is really where her energy is um very very strong um, I worked with Hecate a lot when I was writing my book, right? Because I felt like I was really at a crossroads professionally um, of being able to, you know, um, go from just being a practitioner to being a teacher. Um, and yeah. so I really felt her presence while I was where I, when I was writing. And that's a, another great example of those transitions in life. Um, you know, that's a liminal space, you know, you're not quite, you're becoming, but you're not quite there, you know, you're not quite sure what's around the bend. Um, but you know, that you are walking, you know, and to me like that sort of crone energy, like, so when we talk about crone energy, right, we have the maiden, the, the youth, the mother, the nurturer and the crone, which is wisdom. Right. And we think of crone as old and haggy, but it's really not. It's about the wisdom that comes. I I mean, I'm going to go out and say that comes from experience, right? A life experience that you only get after you've walked a certain number of years um, or have walked through a certain number of fire fires. Right. Like wisdom doesn't come from easy stuff. Wisdom comes from the really hard stuff where you have to peel yourself off the floor and, um, you know, integrate into life, right? Yeah, you know, I, I think we had this conversation, I, I feel like a couple months ago when when we actually, I, I can't remember what book we were talking about, it maybe was even this one, and we're talking about those three stages again, right? The, the, um, mm-hmm. you, the you just, you know, maiden, mother, crone, and of course we were yeah. like, the word crone is so hard to embrace, and we were like, let's do sage, okay, let's do sage, we're sages. But there's also this part of me that feels like because we've expanded our lives and we've extended who we are, that we we have this like um, this seeker stage that that we've never been able to to experience before as women because lives our lives were so much shorter, right? And and that I think that you know whether it's a, a official stage or not, I feel like there's some women who aren't mothering right now, but they're also not crone in it yet and Mm -hmm. so like having this space where we can seek right being that tapping into the seeker that the in the liminal space between mother and and crone or mother and sage as you're becoming as you're stepping into that season but you no longer feel like you know you're not you're not raising kids anymore right your kids are grown and out of the house and and you have this time for yourself that that what we're doing right now feels like that right it feels like that it's this just soaking in all the knowledge so that as we get ready for that next generation to come and sit on our knee and soak in the granny knowledge, um, <laughs> like we're, we're, we have the time to do it. 
Yeah, well, Crohn, Crohn's for me is like technically when you stop bleeding, right? You're moving into Crone stage. Yes. Um, you know, but I think we embody all of them, the mother, the maiden, and the crone at all aspects at, in our life at any age, right? Yeah. And there's wisdom in each of it. Like the maiden really represents the, you know, the our sexuality, right? Um, which is important as we talk about Lilith tonight, right? But yeah. she also is the the innocence, right? um that you have and sometimes you know we can approach um anything in our in our life with that innocence right um and the and mother too is about nurturing right like and even like again it's not necessarily like nurturing a human but um just our nurturing ourselves you know mothering ourselves yes. you know and again feeling very connected to that idea of you know and again as we relate to as we start to talk about the shadow work right and identifying the unconscious parts of us that we have been unwilling to see. And a lot of that requires some coaxing, you know, from our, our mother self, nurturing that, you know, those parts of us that we have been unwilling to see and loving them unconditionally as a mother would. Um, right, you know? right, yeah. So it's, we kind of embody all of it, right? It's, yes. it's not just a, like a linear um, stage, right? Yeah, I, I love that, I love that visual because it doesn't, you know, especially as being a, a, a childless female, like just the term yeah. mother has never, I mean, it's, it, if anything, it's been a source of, of like shame or guilt. Cause I didn't do that. Right. Now I'm not saying yeah. I feel that way. I'm simply saying like, there are uh, hundreds of thousands, millions of women who don't connect to that word because it's, they've made other choices in our generation and in generations. Yeah. From, whereas, you know, decades and centuries before us like that was what women did yeah like that was their role like the highest thing they yeah. could do was that and so so i think that there's um there's so much beauty in in how hecate helps us see the sacredness of mature womanhood right and and she she really digs into that shadow work you know the the dark moon she's represented by the dark moon i think that how she how um how Sophie actually puts it, she says, uh, Hecate represents the necessity of being in the dark moon of your inner growth path, embracing the time of disintegration before the emergence of an expanded self. And so the shadow work, which I know we're, we're going to dig into pretty deeply tonight, like that's actually required for like the becoming to actually solidify. It like, is right. Otherwise you're basically having spiritual bypassing. Right. Like yes. if you aren't willing to do the work um, and this is something I like I experienced in my own life. Right. Is, you know, I can sit in meditation for hours. Right. You know, is that because I'm achieving some sort of higher plane or is it because I'm avoiding doing the work because that is my place of peace and quiet. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's that constant um, like digging into the root um, and not and watering the root and not watering the leaves. Right. Yes. Um, I think that is um, a really good visual of yeah. understanding the work, you know, yeah. but shadow work. When I first heard that term, you know, and a lot of wise women, um, you know, have what they keep or they call a book of shadows. Essentially, it's a journal. It's a, um, you know, a journal that you keep where you, when you're doing this kind of work, um, you record it. Right. Because we things may not make sense always in the time, but when you go back and reread, 
um, and remember um, and remind that, um, you know, it's important to document the work, right? So that's like if you've ever heard someone call their book of shadows, like for me, it's a journal, you know? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, the, the TV show Charmed, their whole, like yeah. their, their book of shadows, that was the name of the book. And they, it was basically a journaling of generations of women in their family that had dealt with demons right now. Of course, the demons were mm -hmm. physical demons on the show because of course yeah. it's TV. Uh, but, you know, you, if you are looking at the, the physical part, that's, that's the metaphor part, right? That's the, like this actually in real life is this red faced black sky, like they really, yeah. they created this, this very visual of what a lot of people write down in their journals, right? The, the, yeah. the overcoming of whatever that internal battle is. Well, and again, I think I referenced this before, but there's this book called, um, you know, Feeding Your Demons. Um, yes. It's uh, that, you know, Tibetan chode practice where you're actually naming the parts of yourself, right? That sabotage, that create fear, that are the root of the anger, right? All of these things within ourselves, you know, that are essentially demons, if you will, because they keep you um, trapped from being your highest and best. Um, and so if you personify it via Hollywood, right? Or if you imagine, you know, in your own, like, what would this look like and personify that energy? It's kind of crazy what happens in the mind's eye, you know, of mm -hmm. how that ends up, you yeah. know, showing, showing sure. up, right? I just don't think there, I, I mean, I have never personally seen like a physical demon, so I can't like say that, you know, but I think this is just a personification of the things that we have to deal with inside, you know, our childhood wounds, you know, our, um, you know, the stuff that we have stuffed and unwilling to see, <laughs> so you true. know, and, yeah. um, and to me, like that whole definition of shadow, it's the unseen, right? Yes. And it's the unseen, not because it's hidden. Um, but, it be, but because it's, we haven't done the work to unearth it. Right. And, um, and, and sometimes I think like, especially with the, the embracing of mature womanhood, like we're, we don't even realize there's work to be done there because we're trying to fall in line with what we're told we're supposed to be. And so not until yes. we actually have that, that moment, you know, whether it's, reading a book like more than a body for a lot of women right like reading mm -hmm. the, the um you know the the stories of other women or you know those who who prefer the statistics the research side of things i was sharing with this with you in the green room but i i pulled up the statistics of the the cosmetic and beauty industry in 2019 they generated 380.2 billion dollars uh, in, by 2027, they're expected to generate $463.5 billion. And the, the average woman in her lifetime, now, obviously, this is where we're talking about, you know, first world here. Um, the, the average woman spends $313 a month on, uh, you know, beauty products and beauty, like whatever it, that looks like to you, right? beauty, fitness, mm -hmm. pills, vitamins, things that are uh, extend our lives, makes up, make us look smaller, creams, whatever. 313, mm -hmm. which, which works out to be $225,000 over our lifetime. Um, now it's not just women, right? Men also spend a lot of money on this in their lifetime. They spend $175,000 over a yeah. lifetime on average. 
Um, so we're the ladies are still spending $50,000 more over their lifetime. And we know that they're making substantially less over their lifetime. So we're at the disadvantage because we haven't realized that, oh my God, like we, we don't have to be forever young. We don't always have to, we don't have to look like the maiden for our entire lives to be worthy. Right. And, And that's shadow work that I would say from the statistics that I've uh, read over the years, that's nearly every single female needs to do that. Anybody who has access to the internet, TV, any kind of media at all that has been, you know, brainwashed to believe that she's supposed to look a certain way uh, has work to do. Well, and that's the shadow work of the collective conscious, unconscious or consciousness. I don't know, right? Like what yeah. it seems like it's kind of a mix between conscious and unconscious, right? Because it's such yeah. a bias. You know, but, um, you know, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, like looking into that, digging into that and, and and asking the big questions about why, you know, so that we move out of this automaton sort of, you know, role of just reaction into a more role of co-creation, right? And saying yes. no more, right? I understand I'm not a puppet and I choose a different path. Like that is the language you know, of an empowered woman, right? I walk the red road, you know, um, of the wild feminine. And I think what's really beautiful in both Hecate and Lilith are that they are dark feminine energies. But when we mean dark feminine energies, we don't mean dark and mysterious and dark as in dangerous, right? It's No, right? (laughs) And dark as in bad. It means dark as in unseen, Right. Yes. It's the it's the stuff inside of us that we have been unwilling to look at um, consciously. Um, but you have to go in to be able to move to that next state of transformation. And the, the perfect visual is inside the cocoon. Right. The mm. work doesn't happen outside. The caterpillar eats, eats, eats on the outside. Right. But the cocoon is about going inside, going yes. into the dark, into the dormant, into the deep so that it can turn to the goo and then emerge as a butterfly. Exactly. Well, and that's why the we have to understand that our ego is a big part of holding us back from that journey, right? And because it's a fearful place, it's an uncomfortable place to be sitting in the dark, in the quiet, alone. Well, and I would say the ego isn't holding us back, but our ego or our personality aspects are the triggers or the clues to the work that needs to be done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So she talks about it. So she says your ego will try to cover up these deep rooted traumas by telling you things like you're not worthy of giving your souls. uh, You're not worthy of giving your soul's work. You don't have enough time to do your soul's work. You won't make money doing your soul's work. You'll be ridiculed, shamed and punished for doing your soul's work. You're not qualified. You're not ready. You need to work on your inner self for longer before you can share your gifts. You're too tired, too sick. You can't possibly help anyone. You don't have anyone to help you. And the list goes on. And that's what I mean about like the whole dance back, right? Like there's this yeah. laundry list of reasons why we can't move forward because we're going into that uncharted territory that the, the path is not lit because we have not yes. been there before. We Our torches are back that way. <laughs> like Yes. Well, and there are a few torches in front, right? There are There are some women, you know, who have walked the road. You know, who have left a mark, right? But it often is a road that is not traveled well, right? So it is, um, it's not cleared. 
Well, and, and I think a piece of that, right, is we go right back to the stories that were told, the, the, um, the woman we're supposed to be, to be worthy of whatever, what, fill in the blank, worthy of love, yeah. worthy of success, worthy of a partner, like any of those things. Like we, there's such a, such a narrow filter for who she is that yeah. far too many of us get stuck in the trying to become her instead of trying to become ourselves. Amen, sister. And that's why I think that the cosmetic industry is like, you know, multi-billion dollars. I mean, half a billion dollars, I mean, half, half a trillion, half a trillion yeah. by 2027. That's just th those resources that we're spending every month, $313 a month. Those resources could be going so many different places, but they're going to this becoming a, ver a version of ourselves that we were likely not meant to be. But well, and let's like unpack that for just a second, right? Because what what is that um, reaching? That is, it is talking to us for external validation, right? That worth comes from external sources, right? And so the money, the time, the energy is spent on something outside of ourselves. But as wild women, we know that the shadow work can't be done externally. It right. can only be done internally. And so the result of that means that worth is not externally validated. It can only be internally validated when you truly understand that you're being, you're worthy of being because you are. Yes. And, right? and you can, you, you can get the external validation. So you can get that, but you aren't going to get it from the masses. You're going to get it from the Molly to your Deborah and the Deborah to your Molly, right? Like you, you we have to um, reassess like really whose opinion, whose voice matters too. And I think that comes yeah. with age, right? Like I don't need 5,000 friends telling me how amazing I am on Facebook. Like yeah. I, I simply don't. I, by the way, I don't know if you've used this on Instagram yet. I know that you're, you don't do a ton of posting there, but you can actually control seeing other people's likes now and you can turn off who can see how many likes are on your own post at any time mm. after you post it and i was like this is this is the best new feature on instagram in my opinion screw all the videos ah. like i get you all your people are called crazy for your videos and your tiktoks and your reels which is, can be entertaining it's just that's a lot yeah. of time right that i don't I do like those monkey videos <laughs> Well, the, the, the thing is, is that it's become the, the social media has become this tool for comparison, right? Yeah. And it's like, well, how many likes does she get on her post versus how many I like on mine? And that, like, and so they've, they've allowed this space for people who do worry about that to just turn it off. Yeah. I love that. <sighs> right. That's the external validation. You posted it because you had something beautiful to share. You're doing the work because you know that you are working towards becoming this this beautiful version that of yourself that you see in your mind's eye, you know, you, you are worthy of becoming her and you're just going to shut off all the other stuff. But you do have women who are going to be walking alongside you if you're real with them about what you're going through. That's it. Right. And, and showing up not in shame or, or in the mask, right. Mm -hmm. But in, in the, in the purest raw form that you can show up. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the good and the bad. And knowing that you're at your, 
you're perfect as you are because it's the work that you're doing, right? It's not a judgment on character or morality or all of those things. It's just the work. Um, and I think that safety in someone is makes all the difference for you to be like, okay, you know what, I'm, you know, this isn't a judgment on my character. You know, this situation that I'm in is part of the process of my becoming. Um, and I think that's really beautiful. But, you know, because shadow work is often misunderstood, you know, I think the, the pathway to really doing the work is, uh, again, the liminal spaces, using your emotions, your, your triggers as an indication of what is happening on the inside, right? Yes. Um, there's a really cool book called The Greater Than the Sum of Your Parts, and it talks about the IFS, the Internal Family Systems work, um, which uh, hopefully we'll talk about that someday, but it's a really yes. interesting- I'm listening um, to it now. Oh, you are? Yeah, therapeutic process. Yeah. Um, but those emotions are like little mirrors about what's going on inside of you. Um, and that's, you know, either your own emotions or like those things that people trigger in you. Like when you're, when you're like, I'm totally triggered, like that's so annoying. You know, the, the liminal space of, you know, the action versus the reaction is the liminal space is that moment, the pause in between. Yes. Right? Yes. Where Hecate lives. Yes in between, right? That basically says what is happening here and and why why is this showing up? And then journaling that. Those are your clues for the shadow work. Yes. Because then you'll start to see the patterns, you know, start to see the stuff that you're unwilling to see about yourself. Right. Well, and she taught uh, you know, Sophie talks about how Hecate has this um she pulls us in and shows us the signs of incoming healing. Right. And that, mm. like, this is something that I believe when you're talking about, whether you're talking about the, the witch hunts in, in Scotland or in England or right here in our country, you know, that there was this, the power that these wise women held in their bodies. Yeah right? This energy that they have learned to transform into healing uh, or in all its shapes and forms, right? Mm -hmm. That was so dangerous to the people who could not or would not, is probably a better way to say it, uh, who would not get out of their own way and, and learn the way. Because it's not like they're special, they are, but we all have the capability to do it, right? I mean, and yeah, this it's is not a gift. Yeah, it's, it's this an is, innate ability. It's an innate ability. We all have it. And that because these these women of, of years and men, I mean, a lot of men were were murdered for being witches, in particular in Scotland. Um, mm -hmm. But that this that there is so dangerous to those who have not walked the path. Right. And so like Hecate kind of gives you that. I almost see her in my mind as that that wise woman who, who meets you in the liminal space, but is like, you got this, like keep going, right? Like it's coming. Yes. It's coming. Keep going. Go, you go yes. like. <laughs> well, and every experience I've ever had with Hecate is that she's no joke. She doesn't mince words. Like the energy is like a kind of like, just do it, you know, like very matter of fact, you know, she's often associated with like a, um, like a torch or torche and a, a knife, you know, um, or, yes. or, you know, some sort of cut through bullshit and a snake or a key. Like those are the things like, um, you know, she often shows up with in symbology. Like if you're doing a meditation with Hecate, often, you know, those are some of her symbols. Yes. Um, and, and like, those are really powerful symbols that, the, you know, the snake is transformation. 
right? Like this is part of the process to transform, right? Yes. Um, the, the key is unlocking, you know, doors that you wouldn't be able to access within yourself without, you know, some help guidance, right? Um, going deep into well, yeah, the well. And, and I love the, I love that you're bringing the symbology into it because I think that this is something that, uh, you know, even as we've talked about, like, what do we want to call our retreats and how do we want to, you know, like weave in, the parts of you and the parts of me and like the symbols is where that comes in. Right. And with yeah. Hecate, like I really resonate with that, you know, the cutting through the bullshit. Right. I mean, my freaking tagline is I speak truth wrapped in grace, right. Yeah. With sides of sass, moxie and fire. But it's, it's basically saying like, I'm not going to BS you around here. Like no. don't come here if you want to be coddled because I'm going to speak the truth. I'm not going to be mean about it. Yes. Right. I'm not going to be mean about it, but I, I, I am no longer available for holding back the truth I see. <laughs> oh, I love that. Like, well, okay. Well, that's it, right? But that's also the reason why people come to you, right? Because they, when, when someone is going to ask you something, right? I'm not looking for an easy answer. I'm actually looking for a mirror, right? Because I want to see what's inside, uh, right? Yeah. And, you know, like when people aren't showing up in your world like that, or they want to be coddled or they want to be complimented or they want to be held right in a place that's um, just feeding the ego or feeding, you know, feeding the lower parts of ourselves. You know, there does come a time where it's just like, you, you know, that's you, you don't really surround yourself with those people anymore. Right. Because it's like, do the work, or get out, because I don't have, <laughs> you know. I'm, oh my god it's so true well you know right? when, like, when, when she talks in lilith kind of towards the end of the lilith chapter so like um page 204 where they talk about where the shadow woman comes from mm -hmm. right and there's this whole uh we've come very afraid of the consequences of inhabiting our powers and gifts right and she quotes some things out of carolyn mess's uh, sacred contract book, which we love and highly recommend Loved. you read. Uh, yes. But that she has this list in here. I don't know if you remember the list, but it was like this shadow woman can present herself as any or all of the following jealous and begrudging, gossipy and two faced, superior and know it all, manipulative and sabotaging, controlling and over involved. And I'm reading this list and I'm literally like, I will forever look at these attributes differently, not mm. in others and in myself. Like when I feel like I'm going like, whoa, like this list has now become like a, a list of trigger, like trigger words. Oh, oh, all right. right. I guess that's the shadow. And that's what I think is so important about these books is they yes. help us help us find the words, find the things that we normally see or experience, whether it's with ourselves. Like I have I have friends that I've had to cut out my life because they're gossips. I, like and now I'm like, and now I know like big part of that is because I'm like, sis, you got work to do here. Like, and if you're gossiping about all of our other friends, you're gossiping about me. Like, yes. So, and again, it doesn't make them a bad person, right? No, that yes. is an example of something that they have to uncover and unearth within themselves. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And so like the mirror, right. As wild women to each other is to hold the sacred space so that the mirror can show, show the reflection. Yes. Right. Yes. And if people aren't willing to do the work and to dip in and say, okay, well, why am I doing that? Right? Like this gossip, you know, what, what need is this filling in me that I am not meeting in myself? Yes. Right. Yes. And yes. if you're not willing to ask those questions, right, then 
it's it's hard, you know, because like everything that shows up then is really just a reflection of something that needs to be um, removed. And out. I mean, like I just went through this really intense season of of doing some very intense, deep shadow work and it and it sucked. I mean, like it's hard work. I mean, I don't wish it on anybody, you know. And, you know, but it's, you have to do it. You have to walk through the fire. It's the only yes. way out is through and you have to do it. You know, one of the things too. <laughs> that was your, say, that was your voice. That was your like, actually I can voice. Actually I can. And I did. And I'll do it again and again and again and again until yes. I can. Amen. Yes. Right? Um, but Hecate is also because women are repressed in voice, right? And this isn't just our external singing voice, it's our truth, right? But it's often our, we lie to ourselves more than we lie even externally, right? Yeah. And that throat chakra is our center of truth and of speech, you know? And so that internal speech to ourselves, those are our triggers, right? That's why journaling is such an, a critical part of this. It's like, what words are we saying to ourselves? And write those down, you know, but we're going to do our meditation tonight about opening and releasing that throat chakra so that we can yes. get rid of those blocks. Um, and so I just want to make sure that we connect those dots of why we're doing that meditation tonight. Well, um, and, and we were both saying earlier how like when we get sick, when we, yeah. when something like from, from a wee lassie for me, like. They would say somebody had strep throat in my class and there was no doubt that I was going to get it. I mean, yeah. I lost, I can't tell you how many times I've lost my voice, even as an adult. And, and that's, you know, there's again, a trigger. Like now I'll look at that differently. I go, where, where do I have some work to do? Right. It's the um, you know, physical manifestation of, of, yeah. these, of the work that we need to do. And I love how between both Hecate and Lilith, there's this, this re reminding that if we disown the parts of ourselves that we don't like, that it doesn't mean they're going to go away. They're actually going to fester and we're going to start looking at everyone else through that filter. And so we're going to see it everywhere. Yeah. And, and what our, I yeah. about IFS is that like, it, it's not because these are evil or, you know, negative entities. Like the intent is to protect the soul because there's a lack of trust that we can be soul led, right? Yep. And that our soul is capable to be vulnerable and not be wounded, right? Or be irreparably damaged, you yes. know? And I think we have that. I think to me, like when I read that, I was like, you know, the, the what came to mind is that Marianne Williamson quote, or, you know, and she basically said, it's not our fear of being small. It's our fear, fear of who we actually are, of what we what yeah. we can be. Yeah. Right. Of our power, yeah. you know, and like, that's it. Right. Like that to me is that protection of who we actually are born to be. You know, yes. the acorn is the oak, you know, we are the acorns and that's the, those, we protect ourselves all, you know, from, from sort of being our, our in our fullness, our greatness. Um, yes. And, and accepting both the, the light and the shadow. Right. Like actually being fully present and recognizing that um, not only do I want to accept my shadow side, but I want to love it and recognize that when she's showing herself, when the shadow woman inside me is showing herself, she's simply saying, like, sister, let's do some work, work here. here. Like, and it's, it's like, you know, hold, I, I hold my hand out and she takes my hand. 
right? And she says, you, know, you, don't, you don't have to do this alone. Like I am here and that this, we can have that, you know, like in Untethered Soul, when we're learning the art of witnessing the emotion, we're learning the art of witnessing that shadow self and, and not feeling shame or guilt because of the work that is still to be done, right? Yeah. That, that it's actually a gift. And that when we see these things, like I can, when I hear someone being jealous or, or speaking like, you know, a know-it-all pain in the butt, um, you know, I can, I can look at them and give them even more grace because I'm hearing that shadow woman who's saying like, love me, like help me. <laughs> oh, totally. I mean, shit. When I look back at all of my stuff that I do, it comes back to a core wound of not being loved, not feeling lovable. Right. Like yes. that is all of it comes to like, every time I misbehave, it's because I don't feel seen or, and I don't feel loved. I mean, it's actually pretty simple stuff, you know, like, oh, it's, like when, oh, it's beautiful, you know, it really is. And if we looked at each other like that and like what you just said, like sister, let's do the work, you know, it's yeah. not judgment. Mm -mm. That is not, that is not the, that is sacred language. That is compassion. Right. Yes. Like, it's like to see puzzle. each other. It's like a puzzle. Right? It's like, Oh, there's something missing here. Like, where does that work? And what are the, you know, for us, you know, we, we speak in questions, right? Yes. <laughs> Whether it's a simple, tell me more, or where is that coming from? Or, you know, having somebody who's guiding you through asking those questions of yourself or finding the, the journal prompts that, that help you soak into that, those parts of yourself that you would be, would prefer <clears throat> to remain hidden. <laughs> That's it. Right. And why are we hiding them? Right. The same reason yeah. why we're slapping on the cream. Yeah. Right. It's the ashamed, because, yeah, ashamed of something ashamed of. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And because it's still some sort of indoctrination of who we think we're supposed to be instead of just embracing who we were born to be. Right. And that oh is different God. for each of us. Right. Mm -hmm. it's, mm. it's not Barbie. It's not Ken. Right. It's not some sort of, you know, disnified version of, you know, disnified. You know? Oh my God. Oh, it's so true though. So, um, that we've talked a lot about Lilith, but this is, this is the Lilith card. This is in the flashcards that Megan Watterson, which we love. Yes. With the big glowing vagina on the back or egg, whatever. <laughs> whatever. We all see something different. We can be looking cosmic. at the same it's thing. The it's egg. the cosmic egg, but that's fine. I think it's funny that that's what you see. Cause of course, my friend Priscilla, if she's watching this, if Syl's watching this, she sees the same thing that you see. Um, everything's either balls or penises or vaginas. Um, well, it is. I'm an art history major, so that's true. It's symbology everywhere. Right? <laughs> everywhere, everywhere. It's the phallic or the chalice. I mean, even in frickin' Spain, we were walking through the Gothic area, the Gothic um, neighborhood, and you look up and you see this big phallic symbol that is the Google building in Spain. Like all this beautiful oh, yeah. architecture, and then there's a big penis in the yeah, background. Totally, right? You're like, what no. the hell? Like, seriously, guys, you knew, you knew. Um, anyway, so Lilith, what I love about like let's let's connect the red threads here, because of course the shadow work is in both of these archetypes. But Lilith, what I for those of you who don't know Lilith, the number one wildest part about this woman that for me growing up in the Christian religion was that in Jewish mythology, Lilith was actually Adam's first wife, <laughs> like yeah. his first mate, right? And because- Made from the same matter. Yes, made from the same matter. And because 
he wanted her to be submissive in sex. God made him she another like, one. <laughs> she was like, oh, hell no. And yeah. mm -mm. what did mm -mm. you do? She took somebody and then flew out yes, to the desert. Yes, exactly. She found, she got the sacred uh, the sacred words. So like, I imagine like a little spell of some sort, like, and then her, her wings appeared Deduction. and she took flight. Right. And, and, you know, Andrew and I have often talked about like, really, really, what was the garden of Eden? Like, what was that? Right. Cause it, there was clearly other things happening around the garden of Eden. Right. But in our mind, like it was as kids, you just see this, like, uh, there was nothing. And then there was this like little tropical oasis called the garden of Eden. Cause that's how they present it when you're kids. Right. Yes. But but I love that they in this in Jewish mythology, how she basically liberates herself. She opens her wings, she flies off and then she pre, she presides uh, over all of like the, the sexual energy. Right. Like she really taps into this because and who knows if it was because she was act, created or was asked to be so submissive. And she was like, uh, -uh that that triggered something in her or if she was born to be that way. Who knows? Like yeah. we will, we shall never know, but I love that she just basically just took it right back. Mm -mm. Mama's well, and she was made from the same stuff as Adam, right? Yeah. Whereas Eve was made from Adam's rib. Yes. Right. Yes. So when you have the exact same matter, female, masculine, right? Yep. And that's the feminine response, like, oh hell no. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's something there that is completely powerful. And like that sensual, sexual, creative energy is actually our sacral chakra, which yes. happens to directly correspond to our throat chakra. So when you are doing healing work with Reiki, right, your sacral chakra and your throat yes. chakra are the opposites. Yes. I just learned right? that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, the fact that there's this dynamic tension uh. anyway, right? between your truth and your sensuality and your creativity, right? Yes, yes. There's, there is like, that is the source of our power, right? As women, as, as, mm. as um, vessels, right? Yes, and, and I loved the term sacred womb wisdom. Yes. Like that just gives me like little tingles, right? There's something yes. that is so, that is so sacred about that. And, and as you know, you read about this, the dark divine feminine that surrounds Lilith, that is part of her archetype, it she has a very similar story to, but for instance, Mary Magdalene, who mm -hmm. was not a prostitute. She was not evil. She was actually likely one of you know the the women who supported Jesus financially because she came from a family that, of course, was well enough, was well known enough that they knew where she was from. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so like with like Joanna as well. Right. Joanna talked about in the Bible, like she was the wife of this super rich guy and she traveled with Jesus and funded him. Right. And so mm -hmm. so the how the the early church flipped the scripts on all these people, they didn't even include Lilith from mm -hmm. the Jewish stories. They didn't even include her in the Bible. They chose to include yeah. Eve, who has a a lesser or a, a another dark version about her right she's the one that ate the apple and and you know doomed all women and you know whatever like all of the stories mm -hmm. that of course trickled from that i read a funny meme uh, one of my friends sent it to me i got it I was talking about like how the um how the 
the men in the church. So like we're talking way back now and I'm talking about it right now, everybody, so take a deep breath, but I'm talking about like the Nicene uh, um, council, but how we've uncovered so many lies, right? So mm. many lies, yeah. so many lies. She sent this to me and it says, you know, those men lied so much. I'm starting to believe Adam bit the apple and blamed it on Eve. That's why Adam's apple stuck in their throats. <laughs> okay, there you I, go, right? I laughed so hard because like, we actually don't know you. We have to trust our own internal knowing because yeah. what's, what has, it is clear that what has been written has been manipulated. Yeah. And, and Lilith is a great story. So if you have not read about Lilith, if, you, if you're thinking, what Adam had a first wife. Yes. It, according to this Jew, like Jewish mythology again, right. Which by the way, the old Testament is basically based on that. Jewish mythology, the stories yeah. that were told from generation to generation. Um, but just the one about Lilith didn't make it in. <laughs> oh, wow. I know. Well, here's what I love about this, this shadow woman, right? And, and Lilith energy. So for people who want some practical advice on how to connect, right? Is when you anger in your fierceness, you know, ask yourself, what makes you feel angry? And this yes. is like a journal fault, you know, what makes you feel angry? Your passion and desire. What do you want? Right? What do you crave? Yes. What do you desire? You know, the yearning, you know, what do you secretly yearn for? You know, the hunger and appetite and what are you denying yourself, right? Yes. Again, that whole thing back to that patriarchy of how we're supposed to look and feel and, you know, all of that stuff and eat and not eat and all this stuff to, you know, walk in this, you know, body um, that is acceptable. Um, it's just, it's all garbage and we just have to throw it out, you know, <laughs> throw it out. well, you know, the, so for those of you who have the book, it's on page 203, where, where what Molly's reading that, that the journal prompts. Um, and I love what it talks about afterwards too, about when we suppress the wildness. Um, if we suppress the wildness of elements such as these, right, the fierceness, the desire, the craving, the hunger, that we <clears throat> can block ourselves from claiming. Now, these are the lists that get me all riled up, right? Like this, like the, the, uh, the first list, I'm like, oh, I, have, I have work to do. But then I read a list that says I might be blocking myself from my power, my creativity, my brilliance, my highest destiny. I'm like, oh, hell no, that I'm not allowing that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's right? the fuel, that list on page 204 is like the fuel on the fire for this Leo. I'm like, mm -mm. yes, <laughs> no one's going to hold me back. <laughs> You know, like this is this, you know, the stuff like that's, you know, like that's it. That's that's the stuff that we have to reclaim and rename, um, you know, so that we aren't playing halfsies here. You know, that we're jumping in with both feet. Um, playing halfsies. You know. Um, I think the last the last thing that I really loved about Lilith and you've said it a bit. Um, we've used the word a couple of times, uh, anger. But I really love that she uses the word rage. Mm. Like the power of that word, rage. Um, I don't know if you've if you've read or listened to the book Rage Becomes Her. Um, mm -mm, no. It was a good one. I, um, I did read one called Love and Rage, which was interesting. Um, yeah, this is this is a really good, I'll drop the um, it's by Soraya Shamali. She actually okay. narrates it as well, which is awesome. Oh. Um, the, here's the thing. We've been taught to not be angry. 
Oh, totally. 100%. And, and Lilith and Hecate are like, open it up, ladies. There is such because a thing as righteous it? anger. Because it's a key to what? Something. Yes. It's a key to some, yes. Something is making us angry. And, and the, what's happening in the world right now, I mean, in so many places, what's happening in Afghanistan, what's happening in Texas for crying out loud. Like, yes. like there is a rage that the sisterhood is feeling. And, and also the men, I mean, I have had and seen and experienced in my own posts, more men standing up and saying what the actual fork is going on in Texas. Like they're actually feeling the rage. I'm like, yeah, this is interesting. I don't know what it is about this that it, I feel like is shaking them, but they're, they're stepping out and they're saying things like this is no longer acceptable. Um, I shared the, that, that tweet string again uh, about the conversation around pregnancy and abortion and about how yeah. a woman's body has actually cannot get pregnant on its own. It can experience pleasure on its own, but our, so our bodies really are, our bodies, our clitoris, this, this sacred, like sensual sexual space is for pleasure for women. A man can only get a woman pregnant if he orgasms. So his orgasms are actually about procreation. And we've actually been taught the exact opposite. Like we're supposed to keep our bodies pure as women, these temples, because we want to be perfect for our man. And we want to have, you know, this beautiful, clean temple for our children. And it's like, ah, uh, actually they flipped the script yet again. Mm. <laughs> like, can you imagine if since the beginning of time, women were wildly sexual and it was not even a, a question and men were taught, no, 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 keep that in your pants until you're ready to have a child until you're ready to commit to someone. Right? Can you well, I think that's probably how it was, right? I think that was probably when the priestesses, you know, I mean, I, I don't know, that, that resonates <laughs> in my bones, you well, know? Yes, because of the cause and effect. And, and it actually, the, this, this whole write-up was, she basically says like, and listen people, like men experience pleasure when they impregnate a woman, but a woman does, is not necessarily and quite often doesn't experience pleasure when she's impregnated. Mm. What did I just say? Yeah, rewind and listen to that. It's crazy when you break things down to the biological level. Yeah, no, it really is. And you're like, what bill of goods have I been sold? Yes. And you know, the Not thousands of the thousands of potential babies that, you know, men have have created that that they never even knew because they just like deposit and run, and and without even pleasuring the woman. So it's it's like it's time to pull the power back. You didn't That's lose it. the power. The power has always been yours. You were just abdicating it. You're and the it, acorn. You already have it. That's right. You just have to remember that you're the acorn. I was having this conversation with my daughter and then we probably need to do the meditation before we lose yes. everybody because we, yes. we end up chatting for like hours. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we were talking about this idea and this notion of being a wild woman, right? Like, because again, even the word wild has a negative connotation. Like you're being like- Girls gone wild. Um, yeah, girls gone wild and like irresponsible and- you know, think of insert wild equals all the things, right? And, Dirty you know, we're and having nasty. This, 
Yeah. Right. And I'm like, you know, it's not that the wild is just the opposite of domestic. Yes. Right. And the domesticated woman is the corseted, you know, uh, uncomfortable in the corner, you know, unable to speak, mm. you know, creation removed, you know, mm. and even like the fact that the corset, you know, is tightening up our insides, right? Like all of it is just, you know, we were, it was just tightened up. We were, we weren't allowed to be, you know, our power was restricted and constrained Ugh, and domesticated. You know, oh my God. You're so right. Ugh. Right. I mean, Spanx shit. What does all that stuff do? Never again. Never again. Never again. I will occasionally pull out the Spanx. I'm not going to lie um, because, you know, sometimes you need it, but you know, it's, you know, do you're you like, do you? <laughs> well, I don't do know. Really? I don't know. We all have our I would like to challenge you on that. And there is yeah. Spanx are not required under a goddess gown. Just saying. I know. Well, I think you need to have a goddess gown line of clothing. You know, I, Spanx honestly my black leather pants. He might need to have them. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. Do not. I mean, I'm sure this is going to come to uh, no surprise to you, but that is definitely something on my vision board is to have, you know, ethically sourced fabrics and to create yes. a beautiful line of these very feminine flowing gowns because it yes. just like I literally have anxiety about getting dressed now I never I, yeah. I mean like I just want to be in my goddess gowns all the time and I haven't allowed myself to be comfortable doing that in in the world yet mm -hmm. you know what I mean eventually I'll get there oh. I'll get to be more like Frankie every day right like yeah it, it won't matter it's just right now it's like, I don't know what it is. I feel like maybe part of me is like, I'm too young to wear these out in public. Like this is, you know, like, yeah. I don't know, like it's work, right? Sister, that is work we must do. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's brilliant. You know, I think that, um, I don't know, like all of it is a work in progress, but that is the fight. A wild woman isn't an irresponsible woman. On no. the contrary, right? It's just not, it's fighting the domestication. Mm. Um, and what did, what did Kate say when you were talking to her about that? Was she like, mm, are you she, telling me to be wild mom? <laughs> yeah. Well, not wild, like, you know, go out and party, you know, it's not that. It's it's a wild of of understanding um, who you were born to be. Yeah, it's right? the, um, the sacred versus the secular, right? That's the it. sacred, wild, tapping into that sacred womb wisdom and and no longer abdicating our stories, our faith, our you know relationship with God and Creator and nature, all of these things that we were told. If you do that, you, someone's going to call you a witch. If you That's do it. that, and someone's going to call you a whore. If you do that, someone's going to call you whatever. Someone's blank. Well, and that's what Glennon meant, you know, when she said you're a goddamn cheetah. You know, <laughs> yes, you're a goddamn cheetah. Yeah, it's the wild and free, right? Yes. It's it's yes. the animal in nature. Yes. Right. It yes. doesn't mean that they're a drunk, right? It means that they're wild and free. Yes. It doesn't mean they're a cougar drinking Chardonnay. Although but maybe it does. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Oh my gosh. Seriously. We could talk for, for hours and hours and hours. I am um, always so incredibly grateful for this time we have together. I think that I know, sounds it's like my favorite part of the week. 
listening to. I love it. But I, I love our, now we have a new sacred language. Sister, there's work there, you know? Sister, there's work there. Yes. Before we do the meditation, I just gulped the last bit of my love tea. My love tea. If you yes. haven't purchased Molly's love tea on intentionalities.com, we'll drop the link in there. You must. It is spicy. Uh, anyway, she was gracing this cup tonight. So you saw the outside mm. of this lovely. Look at the inside. It's like. Yeah, that cup is so sexy. I love it. It's got apples and cherries and grapes and a pineapple for crying out loud. Like okay. somebody literally painted this with their hands. It's beautiful. I mean, I'm so grateful for the soul who did that for me. I love it. It's, yeah. it's art. It is art. Exactly. Mm. Okay. What you got All right. Okay. We are going to connect to our throat and our sacral chakra. So I don't know if you can, I feel like I need to stand up. So our sacral chakra, I can't see. I'm like, I try to like jump up, right? Um, <laughs> you need a booster. You need a booster. I, I know. I'm like, can you see like if I stand? Okay. Never mind. So anyway, our, our throat chakra and our sacral chakra is just below the navel. So find your belly button. So your root chakra is at the base of your spine and the sacral chakra is really at your womb. You know, your, what do we call this? Our, our sacred womb energy. What did you call that? Sacred womb wisdom. Sacred womb wisdom. Yeah. Yes. Our sacral chakra yes. and our throat chakra. So just take your hands and just put them on your, you know, your low belly and on your throat. You know, feel the, if you're sitting, feel the roots sitting bones connecting to the earth. If you're in a chair, pressing the feet, connecting to the earth. Starting to bring your awareness to the very tip of the nose. I am breathing in. I am breathing out. Starting first at the sacral chakra. Imagine a beautiful orange glowing ball. With each breath, this orange glowing ball grows brighter and stronger. And the mantra associated with this is, I create. Now connecting to the throat chakra, Vishuddha chakra here. And color associated is a sort of an indigo blue. With each breath, this blue grows brighter and stronger and flows freely, circling like a wheel. And the mantra associated with Vasudha Chakra is, I speak. Now I want us to connect these two. So from our sacral chakra, I create. Breathing up into the throat, I speak. Both of these are connected to truth. I create in truth, I speak my truth. Mm. And noticing where the center point is. 
heart. Right? See this little. So two hands on the heart, knowing. And this is that midway point between creating and speaking the truth. Big breath in and big breath out through the mouth, letting it go. All right, mm. that's so lit right now. So beautiful. Mm. I love it. Thank you, my friend. So good. All right, everyone, catch up if you haven't had a chance to read those two chapters, Hecate and Lilith. Leave comments if you're watching the replay. We'd love to hear what resonated with you. If we didn't talk about your favorite part, make sure to share that with us too. Um, it'll be up on the podcast soon. So, of course, if you're on the pod, if you listen on the podcast, hop on over to the blog or back over here to Facebook to share your thoughts with us as well. Uh, until next week, have a really good one. Bye, everyone. Thank you for spilling the tea with Molly and me today. It was our heart's desire to provide a lens for focus, a place to uncover the opportunities that abound, and create a moment to embrace grace and gratitude as we celebrate the beauty that is swirling all around us. To connect with us, head on over to our current collaboration site, moxieonfire.com, and sign up for updates. That's moxieonfire.com. Let's all go forth and lead with love, trust, and faith.